back to the Traveling Music Therapist podcast. This is episode 15. And today I'm talking to one of my close friends, Dr. Takao Makoto. <laughs> well, Makoto is your first name. Yes, that's right. But um, so I don't know if you can tell but from his name, he is Japanese, but he is half Japanese. So it's your dad. My father's Japanese and my mother's American. You've lived here for like your whole life? Almost my much. entire life. Um, I was born in Santa Barbara, California. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and we moved here in 1993. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you've grown up here, but you are an American citizen. Mm, that's right. With a Japanese father and American mother. So mixed. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> so multicultural. <laughs> and yes, now you are a doctor. After a yes. lot of toil, yes. <laughs> I know. Congratulations on finishing your PhD. Thank you very much. Mm. So when did that finish? That was I, earlier this year. Yeah, I completed in uh, August this year. August, mm. yeah. And how many years was it? Uh, just over three and a half years. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. That's pretty good. Yeah, and considering most people finish in about four. Four, yeah, I'm, I know. I'm very pleased yeah. with, with that outcome. So let's talk about your PhD. Mm. Also, um, with this podcast, I generally talk to music therapists, but um, last podcast, I talked to a therapist or counsellor, and now we're talking to a music uh, historian. Is that mm. what you'd call yourself? That's a, that's <laughs> a really good question. Um, <laughs> as regards my PhD, I would say... Mm -hmm. close music history or music ethnomusicology so Mm. the study of people and their broader relationship with music in a historical context yeah yeah let's talk about your phd a bit more yeah absolutely um so technically my phd was a double badge between music and history Mm -hmm. and in a nutshell i was interested in looking at Japan's first contact with Europe Mm -hmm. um, in the mid 16th century Mm. um, and particularly uh, the influence of Christian missionaries on music and drama, so the performing arts Mm -hmm. uh, in this period and the kind of cultural exchanges that occurred. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Were you you brought up as a Christian? No, um, as a child, my mother and father both were practicing members of uh, Nichiren Buddhism, um, oh, okay. and my father still is. Yeah. yeah. Oh, okay. Cool. Cool. So, um, I guess, how did you get interested in that particular field for your PhD? That's also a very good question. <laughs> um, it was all by chance. Uh, I mean, coming into academia was a was an accident, <laughs> um, despite my parents being in that field. Yeah. Um, it was through music. Yeah. Um, so I was very interested and always has been very interested in uh, Renaissance and Baroque music mm-hmm. and finding out that the viola da gamba, uh, mm-hmm. a Renaissance and Baroque instrument yep. itself, was used in Japan was just curious to me. Oh, that and is very curious. So they used to use that in Japan? Yeah, in the 1560s. Uh, yeah, they would love that name. Viola da gamba. So in Japanese... Um, gambaru just means to work hard mm. um, yeah and try really hard but in mm. like a really like positive mm. uh, way I guess so gambaru but like when a lot of Japanese people uh, when we speak casually we shorten words and gamba is like mm. we say gamba when you're like trying to uh, cheer someone on mm. yeah viola de gamba mm. <laughs> I love that yeah. <laughs> so it was just a, a, a passing interest mm-hmm. and uh 
a member at the university sort of encouraged me to mm-hmm. pursue postgraduate study on the topic. Yeah, mm. because I first got to know you way back in high school. Mm. So Makoto and I are the same age, but we went to different schools. And But we did know each other because we both played music. And I think, you know, like in Perth especially, if you have some sort of common interest, you're bound to know each other. Um, and so Makoto was a, a very, very good cellist. I also played cello. And I think, do we have the same teacher? Emma Ricky? No, I no, had uh, Jennifer Tingley at the time. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yep, yep. Yeah, so I don't know if you just learn an instrument, if you pursue it for a little mm. while, you just do get to know <laughs> many of the other musos in Perth. And so cello is your main instrument? Mm, mm. It's the instrument I started with as a child. Yep, yep. And viola da gamba um, came later, much later. Yeah, <laughs> so did you just kind of pick up the viola da gamba or do you have a teacher? Yeah, I mean, it's certainly in Perth, it's not an instrument you can just... No, it's very, very rare. That's right. I mean, you can't go down to a shop and buy one. No, you you, you yeah. really have to be committed to wanting mm. to learn it. Um, but to find a teacher, that'd be even mm, more hard. It was by chance. I just Googled it casually one day and mm-hmm. um, Sean Ng, who now resides in Sydney, yep. lived in Perth. So oh, he cool. gave me a bit of a crash course to start with. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Google's great. I yep. use Google for everything. It's pretty bad. And YouTube. I learn everything mm-hmm. off YouTube now. It's like how to... I And I the way that I Google things, I type in full sentences. Oh, yeah. As a question. Yeah, as a question. <laughs> yeah. I, I feel yeah. like that works the best, though. I, I think so, mm. too. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, um, so since finishing your PhD, which was very exciting, um, you were asked to do a postdoctoral research, and mm-hmm. now you are based in Berlin. That's right. <laughs> in Germany. Oh, my goodness. Yes. Your life has been crazy 2016. Six, 2016, yeah. It's been eventful. <laughs> yeah, you've achieved so much. Oh, oh, I'm so proud of you. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> I think your parents are thrilled too. Yeah, I mean, I was very lucky to have parents who were supportive of me doing a PhD, knowing mm. full well that the um, field of academia is not necessarily a guaranteed <laughs> career path. Um, yeah. So they're over the moon to, to know that I was yeah. offered this position. So you were saying before that they were both academics? Mm, my both? father or is. Your dad is? Um, my yeah. mother's worked in tertiary education um, okay. yep. for many decades. Um, mm-hmm. But my father is a professor in international relations. That's right. Um, social sciences at Curtin mm. University here. At Curtin, mm. yeah. And previous to that, he was a chef. <laughs> um, I love how eclectic your family is. Yeah. So dad worked as a chef in the States uh, when he was yeah. doing his uh, postgraduate studies. Right, yeah. Um, so and is that how they met over there? Yeah, they met in, um, in, in Santa Barbara. Yeah, mm. yeah. <laughs> that's awesome. So um, let's talk about your postdoc. So mm-hmm. that's more around history. Yeah. Um, I mean, music has always influence the kind of work that I do mm-hmm. uh, but moving forwards with this project um, it's based at the Max Planck Institute for Human Development in Berlin mm-hmm. and there's a research group on religion and emotion mm-hmm. and I wanted to sort of push myself outside of my comfort zone so I'm working on something yeah. a little bit different. Wow <laughs> yeah you never know where it can take you mm-hmm. coming from a musical background mm-hmm. I guess now you're pretty much doing history mm, at this point <laughs> yeah 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 that's cool um and are you enjoying the academic academia life yeah well i mean it's moving to berlin's been a very interesting experience it's mm. a totally different academic culture um 
and sort of you learning. were saying yeah, yeah. That, that they're very um, they're very strict and they yeah it's a very upfront manner which I, mm-hmm. I appreciate I mean mm-hmm. growing up in Australia where it's so laid back and and mm-hmm. sort of carefree and casual not to say that academia here is entirely <laughs> like that it's not the case yeah. um, but it's a, a very different way of conducting yourself so yeah it's I'm enjoying the challenge mm-hmm. and in Berlin um, have you had to learn German to get around day by day the basics absolutely yeah. um, particularly where I live uh, it's not an expat center so just mm-hmm. going to the shop and this kind of thing for fear of making a fool of myself I, I've, I've learned <laughs> I've learned the, the 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 core basics to get yeah. me through the day yep, yep. yeah yeah wow so you can speak well English obviously mm. very well and Japanese <laughs> <laughs> and Japanese mm. really well as well mm. because you did part of your research in Japan didn't you yeah um both for my honors dissertation mm-hmm. and my PhD dissertation yeah. I did some uh, archival work in Japan yeah, yeah yep. in Tokyo and um Tendi yeah mm. yep and then now you're learning German slowly yeah, <laughs> very well, I mean, slowly the best way to learn a language though is to be immersed in it Absolutely. so being in that country mm. yeah best way do you speak anything else not really I mean I have uh some reading abilities in, in romance languages enough to sort of get really? me through the sources that I need but yeah um, that's so you mean like Latin and yeah basics in, 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 in Latin and, and French um, yeah. I mean those were the two languages that I encountered the most in, mm-hmm. in my research and yeah. I was very grateful to have um, assistance from colleagues mm. uh, <laughs> over the duration of my, my PhD yeah. to help me with these texts yeah yeah mm. wow good on you mm. you are like you know in a big way contributing to um, academia. Well, it's nice yeah. to hear that. <laughs> yeah, no, because it's such, um, like, obviously it's a very specialised mm. field um, and part of history that you're looking into. Mm. It's very cool. Mm. But um, what I love about your story, I guess, of how you got here is um, when you graduated high school and when you first started uni, you were a law student. That's right. <laughs> 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 so talk me through this mm. so you decided that you'd study law because you're like well it's a good career and mm-hmm. did you have a passion for law and justice I think I'd be <laughs> lying if I said I didn't have an interest in law I mm-hmm. mean I've never really done anything without an interest um, mm-hmm. but like anyone when you're 17 years old and starting at yep. university in Australia it's really hard to figure out what you want to be when you grow up mm. um, and I struggled through a, a good year and a half of my, my studies and I yep. sort of came to the realization it wasn't really fulfilling me. Mm-hmm. Um, like I enjoyed the study aspect, but as practice, I just wasn't drawn to it. Yeah. So I had a bit of a crisis of identity at that yeah, point. Yeah, yeah. So you got through a year and a half mm, of law? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I thought you were doing that for longer. Mm. For some reason in my head, I thought you had studied law for about three years and you're like, oh, now I'm going to move to music. Yeah. <laughs> You changed to um, a music major. Mm-hmm. So was it music performance that you um, majored in? Well, I was doing a double degree at the time in law and mm-hmm. arts, yeah. and I just decided to finish my arts degree. Um, oh, I see. Yeah. yeah. So you were studying for, yeah, okay. But I was doing music units as part of that. Yeah, um, yeah. Mm. That's good. So my, my major was uh, technically in Japanese, and then I went on to do honours in Asian studies. Right. Um, but all the while I was involved in um, 
music units and yeah. my honours dissertation was supervised by someone in music as well. Right, so you didn't actually major in music. That's right. Ah, oh, mm. so you did an arts major. Mm-hmm. Yep, yep, yep. Oh, wow. So do you look back and think, I'm so glad I didn't become a lawyer? Oh, absolutely. Um, <laughs> I've, I've had a lot of uh, friends and, and fellow students come to me from lawyers saying yep. how they've sort of come to the same realization as I did but many years later mm-hmm. um, and yeah there's not a day that goes by where I, I question that choice it was yeah. absolutely the right one for me yeah and yep. my parents were very supportive of that choice as well so I'm yeah, very, very awesome. lucky very mm. lucky yeah I know like that feeling when you're kind of stuck in something and you just know mm. like oh there's not much of a future here mm. <laughs> in terms of a career um, yeah, I guess that's what I was feeling about when I studied my psychology mm. undergrad. And I just knew I don't want to become a clinical psychologist. But I just had, you know, by that point I had studied for like four years mm. and I was like, I need to do something with this. Mm-hmm. And I can because, you know, I really love helping people. And then when I found out about music therapy, it was just like, oh, mm. this is what my life mm. was leading to. That's cool. Mm. <laughs> it's kind of that light bulb moment. Yeah, the light bulb moment. Actually, you're right. I did do law for two and a half years. It just shows, you? <laughs> it just shows you how much I, <laughs> I've, forgotten, I've forgotten about that. It really does so feel like So you did law for two and a half years? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> 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 you just wipe that Yeah. I, seriously, it feels yeah. like that sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wow. Big change. Mm. But now you are doing so well. Mm. Yeah, and really it was music that, that made that happen for me. Mm. Uh, a viola da gamba player from uh, the Sydney Conservatorium, Daniel Yearden, he was yeah. here and I was absolutely mesmerised by the instrument and mm. I just wanted to learn. So was that the first time you heard That was the first time I saw one in person. Yeah, um, yeah. Because you just don't have that opportunity That's true. here. I don't think I've even seen one in person. Mm. I've seen them in like, um, like old music dictionaries kind yeah. of thing. Like this is a viola da gamba. It's kind of... Is it slightly smaller than a cello? Yeah, I mean, uh, to someone who's not necessarily familiar with classical instruments, they mm-hmm. do bear some resemblance. But mm-hmm. the best way to describe it, at least the bass instrument, kind of looks like a cello mm-hmm. with frets on it, mm-hmm. and it's six or seven strings, and you play it with a bow. So it kind of looks like a cello guitar. So it's guitar. like a guitar, yeah, 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 cello guitar. Oh, wow. And then from there, I guess that evolved into the yeah. Uh, well, Histor- historically, um, they developed actually parallel to each other, so they're not mm-hmm. related despite looking similar. Oh, so it's a common mis- misconception that one so developed into the other. So is it more of the like a, the guitar family? Um, I mean, that's historically where people sort of consider the origins of the viola da gamba coming from, from fretted instrument players who wanted yeah. to play with bows. Mm. Um, so. Yeah. At least that's part it's of a, its, it's a very beautiful sound. <laughs> mm, absolutely, mm, and that's what unique it, too. Yeah, and that's what attracted me to it. Mm-hmm. And realizing that I was more drawn to this instrument than I was to my legal studies sort of <laughs> made me think carefully about what the next step was. Yeah. Um, and it was academia. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, with your final year, um, with your presentation, did you end up doing that performance? With the viola da gamba mm-hmm. and using Japanese yeah. folk music? Yeah, I was. Mm-hmm. Um, it was slightly different from what I initially envisioned. Yeah. Um, I was very fortunate to get funding from um, the Australian Research Council Centre of Excellence for the History of Emotions um, yeah. nice. to put on a concert mm-hmm. uh, about encounters between Christian missionaries in Japan and in yeah. China. Yeah. Um, and that was in, um, goodness, 
I believe that was in either July or August. Yeah. I'm forgetting now. Yeah, mm. I don't know what I was doing, but I I missed it, and I was yeah, I was super sad that mm. I couldn't go to it. But so you were playing Japanese music, so like composed by Japanese people. Um, the portions in relation to Japan were Western music that was being、mm-hmm. performed there. Oh, I see. Uh, yeah. Uh, and similar with the example of China, but we had a few. Chinese folk melodies that were transcribed、mm-hmm. in the 18th century that were played、um, by Sean Lee Chen on violin, who's the、mm. um, concert master for、yes. the Australian、yep. Brandenburg Orchestra.、Mm. Mm. Oh wow!、Um, and Lakota, I also wanted to ask you a little bit about、um, growing up in Australia,、uh, being a half Japanese <laughs> person,、mm-hmm. and I guess your identity.、Mm. Uh, did you ever have like an identity crisis over it? <laughs>、um, I mean, this is something I talk about almost on a weekly basis with yeah, people. Yeah.、Um, in in a good way.、Um, it's funny growing up in Australia. I didn't really realize I was different. Yeah.、Um, if you can call it that,、mm-hmm. until maybe the age of eight, something、yeah. like this. I remember in primary. Me too. School. Yeah. Actually. Yeah. Because in primary school,、um, I went to a Catholic primary school.、Mm. Uh, most other children were Caucasian. I mean, I mean, a lot of Italian families.、Mm. And there was maybe about one other Asian person、mm. in our class. And I don't know. I just didn't.、Mm. It didn't click to me that we were any different. But it's a really,、Strange. it's a really beautiful thing when you think about it. Yeah. Because I, at the time, I was at Beaconsfield Primary School, which was extraordinarily multicultural. Ah,、um, yeah. So you went to school with Clara. With Clara.、Mm. Mm. Yep. And、Clara's going to be on my next podcast,、oh, by the way. Yes,、good. yes, she's is a school psychologist.、Mm. So, yeah, episode sixteen. Anyway, yeah, carry on.、Um, <laughs> yeah, and you just didn't see any racial distinctions. You just saw、mm-hmm. friends. Yeah.、Um, but I, I remember. I think it was it was multicultural day where you come dressed as your heritage, and <laughs> you know I came dressed as in kimono, little、yeah. Japanese boy, and、yeah. uh, I think it was that moment I, I kind of really caught on to the fact that there was something. Um, different、uh, yeah. about me,、um, and again, not necessarily it being a bad thing,、mm. but that's I think one of the earliest moments I can remember. Yeah,、um, it's funny that you say that because Multicultural Day for me,、mm. that was the day when I was like, oh, we are different,、mm. like,、um, and again, not in a bad way, and we so we had to dress up, but we also had to bring food、mm-hmm. from your own culture,、mm-hmm. or.、Um, A lot of the Aussie families, they were allowed to pick a culture that they wanted to create the food, you know, make the food、yeah. for. And I think for most people, that was the first time they ate、mm. sushi. Like,、yeah. for, okay, for the kids in my class,、Absolutely. and they were like, "What the hell is this?、Yeah. I've never seen it." Like、mm. now, sushi is everywhere. Absolutely. But back in the nineties,、mm-hmm. like people were like, "What? You're eating seafood?、Yeah. That's disgusting."、Mm. <laughs> I had this conversation with my father the other day、yeah. when we moved here. We, we,、so、we struggled、far. to find a Japanese restaurant. Yeah,、like、so much has changed.、Mm-hmm. Yeah,、mm. and um. And even just to find ingredients like、mm. Japanese ingredients, Mum used to make miso paste.、Mm. She used to make her own, so she would.、Oh, that's so, impressive. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure most people have tried miso soup now. So when you make miso soup, you have this thing called miso paste, and it's actually fermented soybeans. You need to ferment them at a certain temperature, and if you ferment anything, it comes with that smell.、Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so you know, for once a year. <laughs> she'd use the bathroom and she'd just fill the tub up with、um, just like another plastic tub in it, 
and have like an electric blanket over it and be checking the temperature like every 30 minutes or something ridiculous for a couple of days the whole house would stink oh that's dedication <laughs> it is yeah but there was no other way to get me so mm. Mm. yeah so um i think she also tried to make her natto mm-hmm. which is again fermented soybeans but uh I don't think it's readily available no, in, at restaurants or no. anything like that. It's <laughs> but, uh, probably not in their best interest mm. to have them at Japanese restaurants over here. They're very sticky and very smelly. So if you ever go to Japan, please try it. It's an experience. That's for sure. <laughs> <laughs> but I think that's what people would um, maybe say the same thing about Vegemite. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, it's a funny story. I mm. had some family friends who came over to Perth. And uh, they just wanted to go grocery shopping to see what the grocery shops were like over here. And they bought a tub of Vegemite, thinking it was like Nutella, like Mm. a chocolate paste. And they were like, how do you use this? And we said, you know, you put it on toast. So they bought some bread as well. And they went back and ate like this toast with, I don't know, about five millimeters thick (laughs) Vegemite. And they, they were so excited. And they were like, oh, it's our first food that we're going to eat in Australia. It's like full, you know, Australian mm-hmm. brand thing. And they just almost died. <laughs> Sodium and overdose. Like, what is this? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, it's so funny. And um, so what about, I know you, you've got American citizenship. Mm-hmm. How closely do you kind of identify with your American mm. um, side? I mean, I think a lot of people who are half of any description sort Mm -hmm. of have this, and if relocated, have this sort of triangular identity where, Mm -hmm. uh, for me, that triangle is obviously Japan, America, Mm -hmm. and Australia. And I think where you align yourself shifts on where you are. Mm. Um, I mean, ironically, I feel the least Japanese when I'm in Japan. Yeah. I feel the most Japanese in Australia, I feel more Australian now that I now that I live in Germany. I feel yeah. particularly Australian over there. Yeah. But how strongly I feel American, I mean, it, it'll always be my homeland. Yeah. Um, but I Do mean, you visit it, often? No, I mean, to be honest, I, I hadn't gone back through the country until 2013. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it'd been many, many years. Yeah. Um, but you know, Australia nurtured me, so yes. for the most part, this is home and always yeah. will be. Yeah, mm. well, because for the most part, you have a very Australian accent. Absolutely. And then there are some words that sound a tiny bit American. I don't really notice it, but some people pick it up. <laughs> yeah, no, well, yeah, that'd be your mum's influence, obviously, yeah. because, you know, you talk to her every day. Mm. She's going to miss you so much. Mm. Mm, being in, all the way in Berlin. Have they made plans to come visit you? Yeah, um, I mean, nothing's set in stone mm-hmm. yet, but I'm hoping mm-hmm. they'll come uh, in the lead up to Christmas, because yeah. it's quite a magical time uh, mm-hmm. in Berlin. Um what made them come to Australia? Actually, my dad was in the same position that I'm in now. He oh, was offered okay. a postdoctoral position Great. at Curtin University. Yeah, yeah. Um, so in many ways, it feels like the passing of the torch. Yeah, I know. <laughs> wow. So do you think that you'd stay in Berlin? Do you think, do you th- love the city enough? Oh, I love Berlin. Mm-hmm. Um, when it comes to academia, it's, uh, I don't think we're, it's, beggars can't be cheeses. It's wherever we're mm-hmm. given an opportunity yeah. to work. Um, if I was given the opportunity to continue working in Berlin, I'd absolutely love to. It's, a, mm-hmm. it's an amazing city. Yeah, I'll be visiting you in hopefully March. I do hope so. <laughs> yeah, no, you're telling me that there's so many like underground spots that, mm. yeah. I mean, I think in any country, it's best to go with someone who's like local, 
people in the name. Mm, mm, <laughs> I mean, when it comes to music, especially Berlin is such a an amazing place because anything goes, mm-hmm. uh, and that goes for classical music, electronic music, whatever you you want, you yeah. can find it there, and there's a yeah. venue for it where people appreciate it. Yeah, that mm. sort of thing. In Japan, um, do you have a favorite spot in Japan? Oh. That's a hard question. That's a yeah. hard question. <laughs> I mean, Shinjuku has always been my yeah. my um, comfort space. Mm-hmm. There's a jazz club there on uh, Yasukuni Dori called Doug, and it's a downstairs. Like uh, D O U. A D U G. And I came across it by chance um, when I was doing my archival work there. Yeah. And uh, that's probably one of my favorite spots. Really, I'll have to go check Tokyo. it out. So Shinjuku mm. in uh, what street? Yasukuni Dori. Yasukuni Dori. So the main strip. Oh, okay. Yeah. On the if you go out the which exit? Oh goodness. <laughs> <laughs> so in Japan, I guess with most big uh, town or cities, they will have a very big train station, and it's so big that there would be north exits or north east south west exits. Big, big, big ones. Sometimes you like northeast exit, mm. and so we can find most places by identifying the exit mm. of the train station. So, do you remember? Which I can't remember which exit <laughs> it is, but it's the main strip where you turn onto Kabukicho. Oh, okay. And where the cat cafe is over, yeah. over that way. So it's the. So it's more south, I think. Yeah, I yeah. think that's right. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. No, I haven't. Oh, the last time I was in Japan was uh, in April. Mm. Mm-hmm. And I was there for my pre-wedding photo shoot. Oh, the photos are so beautiful. <laughs> yeah, well, because we went to Kyoto and they have the most beautiful cherry blossoms. Mm. But I do believe that Kyoto is uh, more beautiful in autumn. Mm. Mm, around, mm-hmm. so that would be well, like October-ish, yeah. August, October. Yeah, so if anyone's planning any trips to Japan. Mm, the colours are so beautiful. At the colours, yeah. Mm. So I guess it's similar to America in that way. Mm. Like the leaves just go golden <laughs> yeah. other other countries that actually have uh, a set of seasons a set of seasons <laughs> i know like perth has been really crazy mm. mm-hmm. since you've been back from berlin mm-hmm. were you looking forward to some sunshine i have to admit despite living here practically my whole life i've never yeah. learned to appreciate summer <laughs> I've actually and then you go to berlin and there's like two hours of sunlight <laughs> yeah yeah i mean the sunlight here is just absolutely gorgeous and yep. you can't replace it Mm-hmm. Um, but I've appreciated the cooler change of weather here. <laughs> yes. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Is it cold in Berlin right now? Right now, it's un- It's not terribly cold. It's about five, six degrees, which is okay. kind of yeah. warm for this that time of cold. year. That is cold. I would say that's cold. <laughs> Alrighty. Well, we may have to wrap it up there. But thank you so much for having a chat to me. My pleasure. If any of our listeners wanted to reach out, uh, how could they get in contact? Um, they can email me at my Max Planck email mm-hmm. or my Gmail account. Um, I will leave those in the show notes if you've got any questions for Dr. Takao. Takao. That's so <laughs> weird. So being a Japanese person, mm. having to say Japanese mm-hmm. names mm-hmm. with an Australian accent really throws me off. Mm-hmm. Like Nakoto. <laughs> I always have to say Makoto. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Makoto I've Takao. Mm-hmm. And I'm Yuki. Oh, yeah, he doesn't sound too It's not too bad. It's not too big, yeah. Yes, anyways, thank you for listening. You can always find me on Facebook at Music Therapy Now and on Twitter, MTNow underscore Yuki. And also on YouTube, there'll be some fun videos of us singing.
<laughs> Thanks for listening.